There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi, everyone. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar 20 en español.com. This is He Said, Ella Dijo with Eric Winter and Rosalind Sanchez. Hola, Eric Winter, ¿cómo está? Bien, bien. Me alegro tanto. Te ves muy lindo hoy, fíjate. Tienes como, como un brillito, mm. una cosita. ¿Cosita? Una cosita. Uh, ¿Tú no, tienes una cosita? No entiendo. <laughs> I'm joking. Anyways, I'm joking. I'm lost. Uh, yeah, but be, I... be lost. Listen, we're going to do something a little different this time because we have a guest that we believe she has a lot to say. Cristela Alonso. 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 Cristela Alonso. She made history in 2014 when she became the first Latina to create, produce, and star in her own network sitcom, Cristela, for ABC. During that same year, she split her time between L.A. and New York City to serve as one of the ABC's favorite guest hosts on their hit daytime talk show, The View. And in 2017, she made history again when she became the first Latina lead in the Disney Pixar film when she voiced the part of Cruz Ramirez in Cars 3. She has a book. She has a Netflix uh, stand-up comedy special. She does it all. She is. She's next level. She is. Are you happy to have Cristela? Super excited. And super, I was reading about, I mean, I've known her work for a while, but I was just reading interviews and I was doing some research and her life is, uh, it's really incredible. Yeah. That's what I can't wait to get into. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear what she's all about. Uh, yeah. And then next week, the next podcast, we will be talking about some interesting stuff between me and Eric Winter. You know, Eric Winter? Do I know Eric Winter? <laughs> Let's, so, let's save that discovery for next week. The, the, the big discovery. Okay, so vamos a hablar con Cristela. 
There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there. I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura podcast network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar 20 en español.com. So, okay, let's do this. Thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited and we are so happy that you have all these things going on. You're always, you're always busy, but you have a lot of good stuff um, going on. I want to start a little bit um, from the beginning, Grisela. I, I believe, you know, I was reading about you and it says that you were from San Juan, but Texas. I'm from San Juan, Puerto Rico. I was like, oh my God, we're both from San Juan. <laughs> You know that growing up uh, for a little bit, I thought I was, I, I thought we lived in Puerto Rico. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, like you don't travel as a kid. We didn't travel anywhere. Right. So we were in San Juan. And when I found out about San Juan, Puerto Rico, I was like, oh my God, I was a little kid, obviously. Uh -huh. And then finally my brothers one day were like, hey, dummy, we're in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I where love where it. is I love San Juan, it. Texas, like relative? San Juan, in Texas is right next to mexico like okay. one of the most southern points in, in in the state it's four hours south of san antonio everybody always says when you're from south texas they're like san antonio i'm like nah man that's a whole other world down there that's wow. like four hour drive south right next to mexico you can walk over the bridge to mexico oh, right oh my goodness okay. wow super close yeah. <laughs> how many siblings do you have Crisella? i have two brothers and a sister and i'm the youngest one You're the youngest. But I'm the youngest, but because of my job, I'm the one that that takes care of people. Of course. <laughs> I, I understand that. I understand that. I am the youngest and I have three brothers. 
So I grew up with a, with a, lo- a lot of men. And I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the little girl. I'm the little princess in the family. I'm the one taking care of stuff. Well, not always, but... <laughs> not always. Wow, her brothers are going to have a heart attack. No, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't <laughs> say that. But I'm the one that my mom and my father, uh, they call when there's a there's an issue. Yeah, Am I she, making that she up? She tends no, to be the, the buffer. Of- <laughs> I was actually... I, I've always been that person. You know, when I was growing up, my mom kind of chose me to be the go-to for everything, wow. you know? And it's it's weird when you realize that you're the one that got that job. Right. Because the job never stops, you know, so and it's funny because you could be I live in L.A. My brothers live still live like in South Texas. My sister lives in Dallas. But if stuff happens in Texas, I'm responsible for it. That's amazing. I believe it. I get you, man. I get you. And then how was your when do you when did you move to to L.A. or you went from Texas to to where? So I went from Texas to St. Louis. Okay. Then from St. Louis to New York a little bit. And then I realized I couldn't afford New York. Yeah. Then I went to LA. Then I moved back to Texas. And then I came back to LA and it stuck in 2005. Wow. But what, so did you want to be a performer your whole life? Was that always in the cards oh. for you or? Yes. You know, I fell in love with theater. I watched the Tony Awards when I was about eight or nine. And it was, I remember that year Miss Saigon was new. I think that West Side Story had a reboot. And to me, I didn't know what theater was, you know, being a border town kid before the internet, you know, I was just like, what is this? And I told myself, I'm like, this is what you need to do. Like, I don't know what it is, but you got to figure it out, you know? And my mom, you know, she was from Mexico, never never learned to speak English. So we would watch the soap operas like Young and the Restless and Bold and the Beautiful and stuff. And I would translate the novelas for her in Spanish you know, every day. And I would dress up and put little costumes on and like <laughs> do my makeup and stuff. And I just always had it in me. And it's weird though, because growing up in a very like working class family, that kind of job, like this didn't even exist to me as a job. You know, it's like we were raised to to, to use our hands, physical labor, you know? So the idea that you could have a job where where you perform and you can write things. It just seems so in a way luxurious to me. And were you the only one that pursued the arts? Oh yeah, yes, yes. So, you know, it's that, it's that thing where I think uh, my family doesn't know what I do. It's kind of like they see the end result, but they don't understand what it is, mm-hmm. you know? So like my oldest brother will always say, no, plus as long as you're happy. I'm like, dude, I'm really happy. Like, I'm doing very well. <laughs> That's awesome. And were they supportive? To this day, they're very supportive and they're very proud. You know what? They're very supportive as best as they could. Like for for them, they really wanted to make sure that I was happy. They didn't understand it. It was that thing where I started doing theater in school and nobody knew what it was. My, uh, you know, my grandmother back in the day used to think that if you wanted to act, you would be in the novelas in Mexico. Mm -hmm. So she always wanted me to be like, in a novella and that's the closest they got to understanding it now it's kind of that thing where i don't know if either of you have had this problem my family doesn't get it to the point where i can tell them some great news and they're like oh okay well i like this other show that's that's interesting (laughs) because to me especially with my brothers i am the little sister and people don't understand you can do whatever you want in life. You could be the biggest, but to them, you're always the little sister they yes. grew up with. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's not, you're never going to convince them that you're anything else. And 
honestly, I love that because it always it reminds you of where you came from. It grounds you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It it grounds you. And I, you know, they uh, their concern is always, Cristela, are you happy? And I know this business, and I'm asking this, and it might sound like a loaded question, you know, but I'm just curious. Like, are you happy? And I'm asking because, you know, as a, as a fellow performer, you know, I'm in the business as well. Um, and I always knew what I wanted, like you, right? To the point that I left my country and I moved to the States with this dream. And, you know, it's up and down, up and down, and there's victories and failures, you know, and it is pretty brutal out there sometimes, you know? So we taste, we have an incredible lifestyle if you do well, you know, and you, you people have this perception of you that you have it all, but are you happy? You know what? I can honestly say that for, for the first time in my life, I think I'm the closest to being the happiest I've ever been oh, good. because, you know, and it takes time, you know, and for me, uh, you know, I grew up in a very strict Latino Catholic household where the big obstacle for me is that I don't like, I have trouble kind of uh, marketing myself, telling people what I'm doing. Because in my family, it's like, well, you got to be modest. You know, you got to like, you got to keep. So that right there is a big obstacle. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I have social anxiety. And so people ask me, why don't you go out to events and stuff? I'm like, I really have trouble being around people, you know? And it's that thing where now I went to therapy, I go to therapy and I understand that it's just something I needed to overcome and I'm so much better with it now. But what is it, Cristela? What, what is it? When you go out, you don't want to talk to people? Do they make you uncomfortable? They make me nervous. You know, it's always this thing where I have, I always tell people that uh, I have low self-esteem because it has half the calories of regular self-esteem. <laughs> 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 because, you know, it's this thing where I think that especially as a Latina in this industry, we're taught, we've been taught that um, the roles that are offered usually tend to be the same. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very similar, meaning that for the longest time, we haven't had a chance to branch out into other types of characters. Meaning, for example, I love science fiction. I'm a big nerd. Mm-hmm. And you never really got to have the opportunity to see a Latina be a, a big nerd, yeah. you know? And it's that thing to me, I wasn't what people thought was the typical like Hollywood standard. You know, I was plus size. When I got my TV show, I had a crooked tooth. You know, it was that mm-hmm. thing where honestly, I didn't expect to ever get a TV show. I was doing stand-up and the writing of the, my stand-up got me the show. But it is that mental thing where I start seeing people and part of the business is just, there's so many stunning people and incredible looking people that just the actual vision of somebody being so gorgeous. And I mean that just even personality, their personalities make them even like mm-hmm. better looking, just a better, you know, essence overall that I didn't have time to really kind of settle into understanding the industry. I was really thrown into it okay you know the stand-up is different than Hollywood Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until now in the past couple of years where I started thinking you know what you've been consistently busy and you know there are ups and downs and even when there's downs you understand that it's part of the job Mm -hmm. you know and and for me I finally realized that I'm kind of happy with where I'm at and what I'm doing and Mm -hmm. that I haven't been giving myself the credit and that right there 
that's a problem because then if you don't give yourself enough credit, then you don't allow other people, other Latinas, other kids, anybody watching you, they don't feel like they're inspired. They don't feel like they don't, they don't get it from you. Yeah. They don't feel worthy. They don't feel worthy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And you're taking yeah. away that attention, you know, from yourself and them. Yeah. I always yeah. think, I, we, you know, we talked about this when we first, very first met is that uh, it's very difficult. And I, I think I was a little better at this than you, but living in the moment and, and like you said, appreciating your successes, because it's yes. very easy to be like, I'm going to be an actress. I'm going to win an Oscar. I'm going to win an award. I'm going to do this. And it's like, it's, you're shooting and everybody wants to shoot for the stars and you should, but you forget how difficult it is to go through each of those baby steps of just getting your first guest star, getting your first uh, real acting gig. You know, I got my first pilot. Now my pilot's on air. I have my first series. Now the series actually went more than a year. Now I got a movie. Like every little step is so difficult in this business to accomplish that it's never enough, even when you accomplish it, because, because you difficult. set out for that original dream of like, I'm going to be a star. Or it's I'm about enjoying awards. the process and people lose perspective people don't uh, do of that, that because you, you have this goal and that's all you see and that's all you care about, you know, and years go by. And then when you look back, you're like, I was pretty miserable instead of like, yes. like, like appreciating the little victories and, and loving, falling in love with the process. It just as artists, because we're so heady, it's difficult to do that. And it takes a lot of maturity and, and experience and a lot of freaking uh, praying, whatever, meditation, whatever you do, you know, to be able to center yourself, to, to realize I should have enjoyed the journey a little more, you know? You know, I also think that, you know, uh, you also get used to the fact that even when you're in the moment, you don't get to enjoy it a lot because people want to know what's next yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> that and question when, always, what's next? When they yeah. ask you, yeah, it's like, what's yeah. next? And it's like, well, I would love to just have this moment to enjoy it. Exactly. That's what's yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's that thing where the what's next, there's never an ending to it, mm -hmm. you know? So it's that thing like, you know, when I go out to clubs or, you know, like to the comedy clubs to, to do a set, I realize that when people ask me how I'm doing, they mean, what are you working on? Yeah, you know, uh, and it's that thing where it just it takes away the humanity, everything. You know? It takes away everything. Yeah, I know. You know, and it's funny because I always say that one thing I also realize is that when people say that they want to be rich or famous, I always feel like that sets it sets them up for failure because you never know how much money is enough and mm -hmm. how much fame is enough. You know, so mm -hmm. whenever I get asked, "How did you know you made it?" I always say the same thing. It's when I could put my card down for like auto pay on all my bills. <laughs> yeah. like, that's, you know, like that's when I realized I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I know the bills are getting paid. Oh, well, and, oh, and speaking of that, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but you know, as reading about your your past growing up, you guys went yeah. through some tough times. You know, your family, yes. right? Like it wasn't you know all peaches and cream. It was it was a journey. It was a process as a family just getting to a place of stability, right? Yeah, the first seven years of my life, I squatted in an abandoned diner. My family was was homeless. Wow. You know, so my mom found this like empty uh, diner and she moved us in and we li I lived there till I was seven. And, wow. you know, and it's that thing. We didn't have like running water. My mom used to cook. Uh, there was a house next door and the neighbor would uh, let us use an extension cord. And my mom, you know, um, like 80s. She would get a space heater and she'd put it face up and she would cook on it, you know, and that's how we ate, you know, we'd take a uh, baths in the, you know, in the bathtub with a cup of water, you know, like 
when you're and when I was a kid, I thought everybody did that, you know, and it wasn't until I got older that I looked back and realized, oh, wow, you know, uh, we lived in extreme circumstances. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also why, you know, I struggled so much coming into this business because I didn't know, I didn't know how to live with more than just the bare necessities. Oh my goodness. You know, and so and, that, and it's weird because, but that also makes me so grateful. And, you know, it's like that thing where it, it, the joy that I have now, I think I realized that I'm finally allowing myself to live the life that I have now, you know, because for so long coming from nothing made me feel so guilty. You know, it's like, well, oh man, what, how can I do this? It, now I'm embracing it and it's awkward, but it's fun. Wow. Do you realize like I have here, you know, you made history in so many different areas, for example, being the first Latina to create, produce and star in your own network sitcom and the first Latina lead in a Disney Pixar film. Do you ever look back at Cristela and go like, I've done a lot of Man, you know what I mean? Like, I've done a lot. You know, uh, there's moments where I can't believe it. But honestly, I know. I have to be honest. I don't have those moments where I feel like I've done a lot. Because I feel, again, I think that I'm constantly very hard on myself. Mm. So for me, it's just, it doesn't register. And, you know, I think that also just, Coming from the kind of family that I have, again, with like the, the modesty, everything, mm. it just, you struggle to even think of yourself or what you've done mm. in that kind of manner, you know, but I appreciate it and I love it. And, you know, but at the same time, I sometimes wonder, do I really understand it? Mm. I want you to, because nobody else has done that. Nobody else that I can think of. You know, that yeah. has been able to write, produce, star, and do uh, Pixar that I know you love, you know, and think about what all the Latina, and there's a lot of Latinas killing it and doing fantastic, you know, and God bless him and it's beautiful. But you have to sit back and, 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 and realize what you've done and what you have created in the minds of other Latinas like me that, you know what, it's possible. It's doable. You know, she did it against probably thinking against all odds, you know. And there you were. I know the experience wasn't maybe what you hoped for, you know, because I was reading and I remember when the show came out and I remember after the cancellation and I remember years later you coming out saying, wait, this equation doesn't add up, you know, because I brought this whole thing to the table and how come I wasn't getting paid or appreciated the same way as my colleague, you know, and things like that. It's, it's, it's brutal. And I'm sure it takes away a little bit from the victory, you know, because here you are doing something extraordinary and then looking back and going, Ooh, but wait, what the yes. hell was that about? <laughs> like on paper, it's extraordinary yes. in my bank account. Not that great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's unfortunate. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but I don't want that to take away from the accomplishment, you know, and hopefully it was, it was a, a learning experience or something that just got through into your life. So it doesn't happen again. This is not going to happen again. You know what? That's kind of what I've taken away from it, where it's like uh, you look back and you realize, you know what? I'm never going to be in that position ever again. And that's, you know, and it's that thing where 
you know, uh, I always have this way of thinking where it's like, uh, when people say that their prayers are unanswered, I always say they were, sometimes the answer is no. Mm -hmm. And you got to learn from it because it's no for a reason. The things happen for a reason, a learning block, everything that to me was so much so fast that now looking back, I realized anything can change. Even if you just have different of one different person that you didn't have back then, you know, Mm -hmm. it just, the energy personalities, what people bring to the table, that changes everything. Mm -hmm. And I know that I'll never be in that position again. That's so awesome. That's very valuable, man. Let me ask you this going back. And I I find it fascinating. And you know, kudos to your parents too, for like going through those difficult times as kids and, kind of shielding you from what it was, like it just felt normal. But going from that sort of an upbringing and then going into comedy, because some people might think like you'd be heavy and you have a dramatic past and it was trouble or difficult. Sounds like a very loving family, but like those, those difficulties growing up could just take you creatively down a dramatic path. You went, and I'm not saying you can't do drama, you can do everything, but you turned out to be a, a comedian. Did that feed a lot of your comedy and it was as an was your, was your comedy an escape in a way or gave you a lot of creative liberties to just say I'm gonna make fun and laugh and enjoy where my what my upbringing was. You know, uh, the writing actually ended up coming um, when I was uh, I, I started out in in theater, and then I had a voice teacher in like '97 '98 that was like, as a Latina, you can do West Side Story and Chorus Line. Rent had just started. So you know what I mean? It's like that thing, you know, so you're just like, wait a minute, but I've loved this all my life. That's all I can do, you know? So I did it. I did West Side Story and I did Chorus Line and I'm like, I think I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) And it was that thing where um, I started writing because I knew that if I was ever going to, to make sure in this business, you really, there's no set path, but to give myself the best uh, chance, I knew I had to write. And then I started thinking, what can I write? And all I thought about was my experience, my family, my upbringing. Then I realized that uh, it was funny. Mm. And it was this thing where people don't want, I think there's a way in comedy to accidentally teach people about new experiences through comedy, through making them laugh. Where later on, if they look back, they're like, oh, we did learn something about that. Mm but it didn't seem like it was uh preaching Preachy, or, yeah. you know, yeah, you know, and that's the way to do it. Mm. You know, it's that thing where I always say that the more specific we are, the more universal it is. So if I talk about, you know, I used to have a joke about how growing up poor expiration dates were just suggestions, right? <laughs> like you just see it mm. and you look at milk and you're like, ah, let me see, hold on. You know, that is true to me, but that's also true to a lot of other families that might not be Latino. You know, and that's the specificity of my experience. My past allows other people to get it. Mm-hmm. So it was really kind of like accidental in a way that I was like, well, this is what I know about. So I started writing about it. And then it turns out that I was just, I just always liked to, to make jokes yeah. and it clicked. And that's kind of how it started. And I'm very thankful for it because it's just that thing where, especially doing stand-up, I got to the point where it was already just in me to make it funny that I thought, well, this is how I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. This is how it is. And I've never questioned it. And it seems to be working. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's so awesome. I have a question for you. 
Yeah. Is there a question you are often asked as a Latina woman in entertainment that you wish it would just go away? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so where do I start? I, Sarah, <laughs> how long is this podcast? <laughs> give me that one. Give me one. Like, stop asking me this BS. No, you know, there's a couple. One is um, I hate when people start asking about like, uh, like representation when they realize that they've been asking the same questions for years. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell them, what have you done differently? Aside from just asking all of us what we think about representation. Yeah. Cause you're asking me for a reason. So what are you doing about the problem? Except asking up the article every call. Yeah. Exactly. You know, also I think that when we talk about like generalizing acting roles, like, you know, I know that there's, there is a legitimate problem when we talk about how, uh, a lot of characters for Latinos, Latinas can be tropey, right? You, oh, we talk about the gang member, the maid, everything. And I always say that it's not the actual character that's the problem. Mm -hmm. It's it's the lazy writing that comes with it. Like okay. the maid can be amazing mm -hmm. if she has a name. When you give her a name, if, if it's maid number one, you realize that she might just be there for filler. Yeah. But... If her name is Esperanza, then you realize she has a heart and a soul. Mm. You know, so for me, it's always like, why are you asking us about roles when most of us didn't write the roles? You know, it's like, ask them. But, you know, yeah. I also think that there's this idea, again, that um, with, with Latinas especially, we're always seen as like sex pots, right? Mm. I always say that, for the longest time, Latino, Latinas have been like, uh, for, first of all, the history of Latinos. We were around for like acting. We mm -hmm. were around for Mayan and Aztec times. Then we all slept for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, in the 70s, we came back. We were all drug dealers, everything, you know, whatever. With Latinos, with Latinas, you're seen as like the sex pot. And then you go hibernate for 20 years or something. <laughs> And then you become the abuela, right? <laughs> and it's that thing where I'm like, well, that's, okay. that's my case now. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, listen, it's so funny because I was so used. I don't look my age, right? But I was used to, oh, oh everybody had a perception of me, Rosalind, that the sex thing, you know, the, whatever, because she's, yeah. she's pretty and she's yeah, yes. the way she carries herself and she's the cleavage and whatever. Okay. So I ran with it because I was, that's what you're going to give me. I want to work. So fuck it. I'm just going to do that. Then, yeah. but then I've, like maybe five years ago, I started get, getting like things to test, you know, and scripts that they were like the mom of a teenager and, you know, like, like and I was like, when, when, did, when, when did that happen? You know, because it's like, why am I, why am I reading for somebody that is like 45, even though I'm 48, but I don't look 45. What the heck is going on? No. Oh my God. So now all I'm doing, and listen, I'm going to embrace it because it is what it is. I am my age and it is what it is. And people... I've been doing this for so long. So the idea of my name, it's, it, might, it might not be so fresh anymore, you know? So what do they give you? They give you the, the mom, the potential grand, grandma that is still young. And I was like, this is really funny. But it is, listen, as long as the part is good, uh, it, it took me a bit. I remember when, when at the Grand Hotel and Eva was one of the producers, Eva Longoria, which is a dear yeah. friend. And I got their call from Eva saying, Roz, you know, I'm doing this thing, Grand Hotel, and I really want you to be part of this. I just want you to be aware that you're the mom of two of two girls, you know, and they're in their twenties. 
And I was like, okay, so so what, what do you mean? Are you comfortable with that? And for a second, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Right? I'm going, what do I do? What do I do? And then immediately I was like, but you know what, Ross, why are you tripping? The reality is I could be the mom of girls that are in their yeah. 20s, you know? So why am I tripping? It's okay. Let me read it. If it's meaty, if I, if I can do something special, I don't care if I'm the mom of ladies yes. that are 20 something years old, you know? But it, but it was my first time like, boom, brick wall. <laughs> I'm going to be the mom of two ladies that are in their 20s. <laughs> but you know what? But to say this, I will say that because I started getting those roles, the mom and everything. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm, I'm still like, I'm playing with Legos. <laughs> you know, it's that thing where you realized, um, you realize that uh, Hollywood's perception of age mm. is very different from what life is really like. You know, so it's like when they think mid 40s, they actually don't think mid 40s. They're thinking like, mid fifties, late fifties to the perception of age is so off. And that's what I think I constantly have to remind people of is that it's, it makes no sense to me. What I think we need more of, which I want to focus on, you know, in the past year, I've made it a priority to really develop projects that actually allow, especially Latinas, you know, to have roles that maybe, you know, it's like, how about if you're some, a store owner, you know, and you just own a business, exactly. you know what I mean? And you don't have that connection because for me, I'm 42. I'm not married. I don't have kids. I don't want to write roles where I'm the mother or anything like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I want to write for the people like me, you know, what about the people that have the career? Yeah. What about the people that, you know, so it's, it's a variety. It's about the variety mm-hmm. of roles. You know, it's like that thing where you have to be, you have to think about it and say, yeah, for the longest time, it did seem like you only went from sex pot to grandma. I mean, even the mother roles were seemed kind of scarce, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. like, which was really weird, you know? So yeah. it's, so, it's such a weird thing that for me, I think that the thing that needs to happen more is we don't think about what they are because mom is kind of what they are but like what do they do as well exactly they're not just a mother Mm -hmm. you know it's like what do they do then you fill out the world of everything else but it's like you know uh first of all congrats on fantasy island i love the show oh thank you it's incredible i read the script Uh the pilot script and i fell in love with it oh i'm so glad when i saw you got it I was like, this is the most perfect casting I would have ever got. Like, uh, I would have ever got. I'm so glad. That means a lot. Because the show, it's so beautifully dark and stylized and everything. And, you know, you want to have that person that fits that. And yeah. I was so curious who would get it. And then when you, when you got it, I was like, this is exactly. Because that character, you don't know what she is. Mm-hmm. You don't really know the past. You don't, yeah. she just exists, you know? Yeah. And she doesn't have an episode where she's sending mother, like uh, money to her family back home. Yes, right? yes. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's just, it's just living like Rourke living a life that she has mm-hmm. and nobody questions why she has it. Yeah. And to me, like that script right there was like, that's a cool script. It's been really cool. It's been a really rewarding experience. And you know what? I, and, and, I do, and I do feel that the showrunners, you have to um, make it record. 
I do feel that the, the showrunners have purposely um, come up with this idea of maybe to different, ¿cómo se dice? Differentiar, differentiate, I have problems with the word. Yeah. Differentiate yeah. from the, the Ricardo Montalban um, personification, which was so beautiful, you know, and iconic. Yes. They're giving her a little bit more of, maybe humanity is not the right word, but like if you, the, the Lena Rourke of the pilot, right? Compared to the one from episode eight, you know, she has, she has had an evolution of, she's showing vulnerable, vulnerability, vulnerability yeah. and she's showing a little bit of, of compassion and little trickles of things that maybe the original didn't have. And at the beginning I was like, mm, I don't know if we should deviate, but the yeah. reality is I, I, I appreciate it because it gives me the opportunity to do something a little bit different, you know? But I still I still want to keep a hundred percent. God willing, we have a second season. I do I do believe that we need we need that element of mysticism and magic and wishy. And I I, I want to know about her, but they're not giving me all that everything, you know. So just to keep her, es como clase aparte, you know. Everybody's here. She's a little bit over here, you know. Just to keep the mystery going. It, it's it's a delicious. It's been it's been pretty incredible, and I'm I'm glad I'm glad that you that you enjoy it. It's a great show. I mean, really, that character just, it's such a great character that to me, I'm like, more of that. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, we need more of that. That's yes. what, what, in order for this industry to evolve to where we are all seen on a different level than what yes. we have been seen as for the past decades, mm -hmm. you know, we need more of those roles because you're right. The original Fantasy Island, which I was a big fan of, I used to watch, you know, like on Saturday nights, I think after Love Boat. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. it was always like uh, Ricardo uh, Montalban, who was very presentational and very like, ta-da, like this is yes. the moment. But this, like this reimagining of Fantasy Island, I want to see Lork like have some feeling, yes. connection to these people and to me it is meaty and it's great but it's that thing where like again i want to like instead of asking me questions about representation ask me about more characters like that and why we don't have those yeah you know what i mean like that's what uh, to me that's what's interesting yes you're absolutely right yeah and that leads me into something else you know just talking about latinas and latinos in different positions and roles you were you were filling in on the view for quite some time And that's like yes. all of these talk shows is true. Like I know you've done the talk a handful of times, but there aren't enough Latinos and Latinas in on any of these talk shows, really. Um, what was your experience like on The View? I know you were at one point contemplating being a permanent member on the show, right? Yeah, they, they offered it to me. You know, it was interesting. One thing I'll say is that uh, I was allowed to be myself, which was a fantastic thing. Mm -hmm. Very good. What I liked about the view format is that uh, they would tell you the topics that we were going to discuss beforehand, but they didn't want to hear your opinion. So save you it for really the show. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't really know what everybody else was going to think about the topic, which kind of lets it to be in the moment, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think that one thing I found though is that uh, there were a couple moments where people that worked on the show um, thought that I would have a different opinion than the one that I had. Interesting. Wow. Because you were Latina? They had already yes. a preconceived For notion? For whatever reason. It doesn't have to well, be. Well, no, I'm curious. Yeah. I'm curious if that's yeah. why, though. Yeah, but, but it was not only because I was Latina, but because they didn't realize that Latinas are different. 
So, you know, they didn't realize that my experience as a Mexican-American is totally different from Cuban, Puerto Rican, yeah. Dominican. Yeah. Like, yeah. to me, it's like, I can't speak on a Puerto Rican point of view. I'm not from there. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, that's a completely different existence. Yeah. You know, it's like, we can be similar in certain things, but I would never want to speak for somebody else that can't, like, that's from another country, another area that I, you know, when it was this thing where I think they kind of, thought that they assumed that Latinos were all the same. We were a monolith, right? We're mm. all identical. But that was actually, that was what worked with me. The audience loved that I was very specific again with my, yeah. with my thoughts, yeah. you know? So it wasn't about being the voice of Latinas because you can never be that, you know? And I think that it's exhausting to try to convince people that we're different, mm -hmm. you know? And so for me, I loved my time on The View. I thought that my perspective, especially, you know, there were certain issues like uh, migrant farm workers, you know, just certain things like uh, border issues, you know, that I could really speak personally to that I think um, got the attention of a lot of people that watched it. When I got offered the role, though, when I got offered the permanent uh, job, I honestly didn't think I was ready for it, meaning um, where I was mentally, okay. because that's, I wasn't used to people constantly attacking me on social media every day, mm. you know? And it was this thing where I just didn't think it was healthy. And, but what I realized when that happened was that I realized that I was able to do it. I learned that I had a skill that I didn't know I had. Wow. So for me, that was like a learning lesson for me. But yes, I think that overall, the biggest struggle that I used to have was that I would say, I can't, I, I don't know. I don't know what Cubans would think about that. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, like Cubans would be, you know, I go to Miami and Cubans think that I'm not Latina like they are, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, because it's a different experience. So for me, yeah, it's, it's teaching people that we're different Yeah. when we should know, everyone should know that we're different. That was what year that you got offered to be a host? Uh, 2015. Now it's we're gonna it's gonna be 2022. If they offer it to you next year, you think you'll be more willing and and capable, or you still like eh, it ain't for me? I'm not yet. Not I'm yet. not done yet. Okay. Like honestly, okay. I to me, I think I've gone. I got to tell you, I I did my Netflix special in 2016. It came out in 2017. The past. Uh, four years were so rough for my community, mm -hmm. meaning like South Texas, Mexican-Americans. Yeah. I didn't feel like being funny. And mm -hmm. I kind of was very, I limited myself to what I was going to do work-wise. I kind of went away for a bit. And I started going around to communities to see how I could help. Oh, and wow. I really started focusing on like, uh, I found out I was diabetic, you know, mm -hmm. and I started talking to lower income communities about, like taking care of themselves, what programs are available. I talked to, you know, I worked with DACA. Like I really put myself in this other world where I thought that was more important. You know, I just, I didn't want to write and be funny. It wasn't in me. Interesting. And then when I decided to come back and really focus on it, I realized, you know what I need to do? I need to really produce and write more right now and see what I can go and get so that, I can bring people along and give them something that I wish I had had coming up. 
Because let me tell you, it is exhausting to have to write your own stuff sometimes. You know what I mean? It's Do you like, want to direct, Grisela? At some no. point, you don't. No, you know, I've always said that directing to me, that is somebody, directing is the kind of job that uh, it's somebody's dream. You know, and for me, it's like, unless I felt completely connected to something, mm -hmm. I would rather give the opportunity to somebody to like the, the little girl that used to try to shoot everything around their house and stuff. And, yeah. you know, it's like, for me, give them the opportunity first. If there's a project that I wrote for myself, maybe, mm. but like, to me, it's just, no, like, you know, for me, it's just like, I, I, I want to let other people like have a, have a chance at that, you know? Do you see yourself going back to network TV, producing, writing and starting on your, on your own show? Yes, I do. Actually, okay. I just finished a uh, project that I um, submitted to my reps that I've been working on with a couple of friends. And yes, I think that I'm, I think I'm ready now. Okay. I wasn't ready. And I think that honestly, I think that we're at a different time now. Mm. I think we're all kind of, I think the industry is trying to figure out what's next. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that uh, they're going to figure it out because we're going to tell them what's next. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> that's, the right, that's the best way to say it too. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20enespañol.com. Let's talk about a couple of things coming up. You have Legends of uh, the Hidden Temple 
And you also yes. did a movie with our buddy Mario Lopez. You did the, yes. the Santa Fe, the Christmas movie. How was that? Was that fun? Dude, that was so awesome. I, I wrote the movie. Look, it's I wrote the movie during lockdown. And it was this thing where I love Mario. Mario, like, I don't, I think he sweats happiness. Like, yeah. honestly. Like, yeah, like, he's always true. Like, 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 Mario, he's awesome. Like, you can't, right? Like, yeah. he's just got that energy. He's like, always like, hey. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, like, to me, I loved working with him. I love telling this story. Uh, the movie's called Holiday in Santa Fe, and it premieres December 10th on Lifetime. Yeah. Okay. And when we talked about it, we wanted to tell a holiday story that featured a Latino cast mm. and to kind of show that that we celebrate Christmas too. <laughs> you know, it's that thing where we you kind of have to remind people, right? <laughs> like, like, it's so weird that, you know, it's always different people like, hey, hot chocolate. And I'm like, Latinos drink hot chocolate. Where are we? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You know, so... We had a lot of fun with that. I loved doing it just to kind of, again, you write the story. To me, I wrote the story based a little bit on my family, but also I wrote the story and then just made the characters Latino. You know, like once the characters were already drawn out, I knew it was a Latino story. So I wasn't writing, has to be Latino, da, da, da. Mm -hmm. It's like, no she is a businesswoman that done it you know so it's that thing where that's kind of how i work the legends of the hidden temple that's a that's kind of like a reboot from an old 90s nickelodeon show Mm -hmm. and what i love about it is that again you don't get to see a lot of latinas host the competition shows like that you know Mm. where it's just action everything and what i loved is that when i talked to the executive producer scott stone he was determined to have a Latina in that role. Oh, wow. Like he wanted one. He wanted, he was going to look for one. And he kept saying like, has to be Latina. And I got the job and I was like, and what I loved about it is that it's, it's a show that used to be for kids that is now for adults. Mm. And what I love about it is that you can't really train for this show. Like a lot of people, look, I love shows like American Ninja Warrior. Sign me up all day. (laughs) I also know that I could never run that course, right? I'm sorry. I am not doing, like, I love the show. I don't love it that much. (laughs) But it's that thing where um, if you work out and train, you have a really good shot of of conquering that course. Mm -hmm. On this show, you don't really, you don't like being athletic, I guess, could maybe help you. But it's not everything because there's a round where we quiz you on stuff, you know? So it's a little, it's very rounded. Okay. And what I liked about it too, the show is, it starts out with four teams. We go down to to one. But I didn't feel like it was really a competition show between teams. I kind of really thought that it was the teams against the temple that they have to run the final course with, Mm -hmm. you know? Especially in this time right now, I feel like it's a great show to just, watch for an hour and not think about anything Anything else. Yeah. That's what you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Seriously. Like you just want to have a moment where, you know what? You just kind of, you just kind of watch. Yeah. And you know that it's just the message is for me, the biggest takeaway from the show is that it's a show that was, again, kids loved it. And for me, it's a chance for adults to go back and try to live out their childhood dreams. 
How cool is that? That's awesome. awesome. Where do you shoot it, Cristela? In LA? Well, yes, we were shooting. We shot it in Simi. We shoot it in Simi Valley. Okay. In the middle of summer, like we kind of created. We created a basically a jungle. Like a jungle, yes. Yeah, and it. Oh my God! Let me say. The best diet was shooting that shoot because I sweat <laughs> so much. I was like, oh my God. I'm like, on purpose, like, why am I baking? On the, the, and you know, it's so typical where uh, the, the wardrobe, they love how it looks, but they don't ask you how it feels. Right? Oh my <laughs> God. That's funny. That was me in Fantasy Island. I was melting with that white suit at the beach in Puerto Rico during, during summer. I was like, guys, I'm melting. I'm dying. <laughs> But it looks so good but on it you. Looks it good. looks so good. <laughs> okay, I'll suck it up. It's okay. I look cute. <laughs> oh my goodness. And your book, was that yes. like a life-changing experience for you? Just to write something about Yes. You know, the the it's called Music to My Years. I I love music and I like I listen to it. I listen to more music than I watch TV. And you know, it's this thing where it was really interesting to write it. It was a lot more emotional than I thought it was going to be, but I thought it was necessary. You know, each chapter is one of my favorite songs and I break down why I love that song at that time of my life, you know? So it's kind of like a playlist to my life. And what I loved about it too, again, I don't know, like to me, I've always thought that my life is my life. You know, it's, it is what it is. I write about it and, or I talk about it on stage. And I'm always surprised at how some people are very connected to it. Mm. And when you realize, when you get that feedback back, you realize, oh, it was a kind of important to write it. Just because I think that so many of us, we tend to um, be embarrassed. Like if we grew up uh, you know, in poverty, some of us are embarrassed by it. We tend to shun it. We tend to shun certain things that we come in or we don't know how to celebrate it, you know? And then you realize that to me, I had this like epiphany, this realization where I, where I thought everything that happened to me got me to where I am now. It made me who I am. So if it served me, then maybe it can serve other people too. Because look, I always say, especially being, being in this industry, especially being Latina, there's no set path and it always feels like we're designing the blueprint while building the house at the same time. Pretty much. You know, and to me, it's like, this is what I did. And it's just to show you that you can do it whatever way that works for you. Mm. As long as you're yourself, that's going to help you because this, this whole business is still kind of a toss up to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. It is. Wow. <laughs> I love what you're all about. I know. I love your story. This is, uh, this is one of my favorite, my favorite podcasts that we've I, done you know, this season. You know what's crazy? I was thinking just, I was like listening to you and I'm just staring at you because you're beautiful and I'm like, you're just so um, eloquent, right? And I'm, and I'm thinking, this is my favorite podcast that we've done. It was just, just enlightening and, and beautiful, right? Absolutely. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Thank like you. beyond thank you for uh, spending some time with us. Um, you're absolutely freaking awesome. A fierce talent. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. You're both, you're both wonderful. I really had mm -hmm. time. You know, it's funny. Sometimes conversations just click. And when they yes. click, 
it really kind of gets you excited because you're like, oh, this is really fun. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I, okay, I can speak uh, to you with you for like yes. freaking hours. I'd be like, so girl, okay, so let's talk about. <laughs> I know. I'm like, girl, let's talk about that white suit. Exactly. Who designed that white suit? Like, I'm like, I'd be like, we have so much to talk about. Like, I remember when this happened to me. Oh my we God. have the podcast after hours. I know. <laughs> Anyways, thank you, yeah, Cristela. Thank you for being with us. Oh, thank so you and blessings. And yes, you know what? Let's just keep let's keep it moving because you deserve to be the biggest thing. Thank <laughs> Abrazo, you so much. mami. Cuídate. Abrazo. Pleasure. Bye bye. All right, bye bye. So there you have it, Cristela Alonso. That was incredible. Yeah, I've never. I mean, never met her. I've never crossed paths with her. Even yeah. uh, being around you, I, I just uh, I, I knew. Of her works or talent yeah. um, and friends that have worked with her and, and know her. But yeah. I mean, what a real, I mean, I'm, I'm super, you know, you know it's, it's such a trip when you do a podcast and you have guests come on and some, you know, some, you don't, you just don't know what to expect. You just, you know, we're going to have yeah. a, have a laugh, have a good time and learn about somebody new every day, which is one, th- one of the things I love about doing a podcast, but she was such a treat. Such amazing energy and just the ex- smart, yeah, and just to the life point. experience. Yeah, it was business it was, experience. It was awesome. I wanted to just keep talking and talking and talking forever because I I, I feel that she's like a an encyclopedia of experiences. Yeah. You know, like like really interesting stuff. I want to work with her. <laughs> yeah, put it out in the universe. Like, she is a talent. Um, yeah, I'm so so glad that she could be a part of uh, today's episode. That's that's awesome. I'm excited. Powerful Latinas. Powerful Latina, baby. Respect. R E S P C T. Para que lo sepa. Bye. I love you. Love you too. <laughs> Subscribe to He Said Ella Vijo on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar 20 españolcom There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.